0: New guests Zamora, and a reflection and projection of Aaron Gordon on what he has been and can be for the Denver Nuggets on this episode of Four Corners. What's up, guys? Four Corners here. I am your host. It is, or it was my birthday a couple days ago, and I have COVID. So having a good time, powering through that. i joined by my co-host, Peter. How you
1: doing? Fuck since '88. What's going on? Doing great. I mean, we never rest, right? COVID or not COVID, the show goes on. No, no, we've we've uh,
0: gone live from the tops of Pikes Peak to parking garages in Florida, and now for the first time, uh, from the depths right. of COVID pain. Yeah. So uh, you
1: know, we also are joined. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't know if uh, if DJ Khaled uh, you know, has trademarked this, but Four Corners We Global be global. I don't know if he
0: has. I don't think he takes enough time to to trademark the things he says. But um, I mean, maybe we the best if there's anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? Isn't that I think that's his like label actually like we the best music. Although I, I don't know. So it sounds right. We'll it's talk right. about that in a second. <laughs> yeah. So our <laughs> guest today Zamora uh, from I don't know nuggets community aficionado. How you doing?
2: doing good man glad to be here uh glad to be uh talking to you guys about uh the best team in the world
0: i mean before that how do you feel yeah. about dj Khaled? um he's all right
2: <laughs> i, I like uh, some of this stuff
0: elite networker think, yeah I, elite yeah, yeah, networker yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's he's the nick fury of hip-hop <laughs> exactly that's a good analogy. He's, he's the rich paul of hip-hop yeah yeah like he doesn't—he's not a DJ. I don't think he has ever been a DJ, but he just he gets like, people to participate in his group projects.
1: I looked him up for fun one time. He literally has like one or two production credits on each of his albums. So technically, he is a producer, but he doesn't make mm-hmm. most of his own beats even. I think he just
2: sits in the studio and vibes with them. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would I would respect him more. I feel like he takes himself more seriously than i what she did but um yeah we can, we can we can slide off this topic a little bit um let's let's get into our, our kind of main folks today and, and so Zamora um tell us a little bit about yourself um how did you kind of get to this point of being a nuggets fan of being a basketball fan are you are you a colorado native are you just like uh if you are you like me like an outsider who just like ooh? That's neat over there. uh,
2: What's going on? Uh, So, yeah, I'm a native. Uh, I grew up in Colorado, born and raised. Um, I started watching basketball. Well, I started playing basketball when I was like six, Um, but I never really watched it, Uh, just played Um, (laughs) until I was, uh, what year? I just want to say like 11, 12 years old when uh, Mallow came um and they changed the colors and you know they did the whole rebranding and stuff like that so i don't remember too much of the the Matumbo days and thank god i don't remember the like the rayful french days and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but uh yeah started really getting into the nuggets when uh mellow came because it was like oh cool we got a we got a really good player now and someone to like really stand behind so uh that's when i really started getting into them um
0: nice yeah i can definitely relate to that i um I started, I, I used, I would play basketball when I was a kid, like a lot more than I would watch basketball. And um, it was around that time, because Carl Anthony is also from Maryland. So I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm from a part of Maryland that doesn't, isn't really D.C. affiliated in that way, where it's, it's. I'm not, I wasn't a Wizards fan. So I was like, oh, this guy, he's one of us. So uh, let's see what's popping. And I you know, I used to stand him. I used to say he was better than LeBron, but that proved <laughs> itself over time to not stand be true.
2: Yeah, I used yeah. to I used to fight with everybody about how he deserved the rookie of the year over LeBron and um, right like uh, all the accolades and stuff. Yeah. It, I was big mellow stand too.
0: And then you know, and then
2: LeBron started like playing defense and
0: stuff, and I was like, Oh well, Yeah, okay.
2: yeah a couple years in I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna get on this side of this argument anymore.
0: not gonna die on this film. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. Couple first round losses. Yeah. Uh so did you uh did you play in school? Did you play in high school, college, any of those? Uh
2: I played from when I was six up till uh my freshman year of high school. Uh I played uh okay. on the team and then uh I actually just said this on Reddit the other day that I was uh I went to go play high school basketball, quit halfway through the season to go do hood rat things.
1: <laughs> just
2: started ditching I mean, school and hang out with the bad kids so that's what happened
0: there's it's a big time commitment i'll I'll respect that
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i uh yeah i just didn't uh, i didn't like any of the kids on the team and all my friends were yeah. out doing just stuff
0: Having in the street so fun, i just started hanging out yeah. with them. <laughs> kids you know i get it for sure um yeah. i I played like 10th through 12th grade. And after that, I was like, I want to go do good red stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> Not necessarily, you know, I just wanted <laughs> to like go out on a Friday night and not have to worry about how yeah. so, many like. suicides I have to run in the morning.
1: Zamora, it sounds like you were pretty all in on the mellow era from the beginning. Um, once he got traded, did your fandom wane at all? Like in those down years where you kind of like only keep an eye on the nuggets or were you still like just as locked in you think?
2: um so when we traded for gallo and uh you know all the other guys uh i still was a fan i was still watching a lot um i was still keeping up i kind of wanted them i was keeping a close eye because i wanted them to do better than mellow so i was you know really comparing them to the Knicks the whole time and like trying to make sure you know oh look we're fine we're gonna make the playoffs we're better than them and all this stuff um so yeah i started watching a lot then but you know once uh carl left and stuff and uh, we hired Shaw and everything i kind of fell off a little bit just because that team was just bad and what really got me was the whole uh, what do they say one two three malibu or um
1: what three cancun,
2: cancun yeah. yeah yeah that's when i was like oh okay they don't give a shit so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i
2: probably won't too much anymore either
0: <laughs> were you yeah. were you on reddit back then
2: no, no. Uh, I just got a Reddit account probably like a year or two ago.
0: Okay, yeah. I definitely saw a lot of the. Um, you know, if you go to the game threads right now, you'll find hundreds of people. You know, yeah. at a time. I feel like back in that era, there were like seven <laughs> <laughs> that I would see on a regular basis. So like um, Adam Mars, you know, Icarus Adam, he was yeah. he was there. Um, user, I'd rather be lurking. Uh, there was a guy though, uh, EG 1300 who got banned from RNBa. He was, he was in that little group and he stanned Jokic so hard that they just couldn't, they just couldn't <laughs> take it. they were like, you're out of here.
2: Get off this page with this.
0: He was yeah, a visionary.
2: Yeah.
0: He was, he really was. I credit him with like the earliest Jokic standing, the combination of like how early he was and how hard uh-huh. he was on board. I was like, wow. Uh, I gotta respect
2: that. (laughs) Yeah, it's admirable, man. You could see the talent from that early, man. Like, it's pretty crazy.
1: Mm -hmm. It was just so unique, too. But, uh, no, Zamora, that's interesting what you said about the Knicks because I kept my eye on them, too. And it's like, obviously, we're biased as Nuggets fans. It's like, you want to win every trade. But I just remember, like, as soon as the trade happened, Mellow started getting even more coverage because, like, obviously, it's the Knicks. They're a way bigger market. But I just thought it was so funny how so many people, like, Knicks fans and in the media thought that the Knicks were like a contender all of a sudden, and I was like, hold on. Carmelo's a good player, but he didn't carry us. Like, we had a really good team. It wasn't like it was all Mellow. and now you, he's literally on a team that has worse play around him than the Nuggets. So I yeah. knew that they were never going to be a contender. So the fact that he only ever won one playoff series in New York is, like, not a surprise to me at all.
2: Yeah, when they had the, when they had Amari Stoudemire in him, that was, like, the one – like at the very beginning when i was a little worried and i was like oh okay that's a pretty good little combo because amari was like a beast at the time he right. was while his good.
0: knees work he's a great player <laughs> yeah exactly
2: um and so after, but after that whole year went down i was like oh okay yeah like you said we had a really good team man people underrate how good cabby and kmart and chauncey and all those guys were like that was a stacked team and Sure. But Melo to not get him really past the first round many times was like pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah. 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 And there's a lot to be said as far as like if he had stuck it out, I mean, could they have gone a little bit further over time? Um, yeah. But, but that's okay. I, I feel bad for the Knicks. I, I mean, I, I felt like we won that trade and I wanted Melo. I mean, I want good things for you, bro. Just, just, just go do well. And he didn't do well. And you know, Knicks fans—they're—they're they're so
1: admirably loyal to a fault, to be honest. I mean, but, I mean, Ray—if you think about it, as, as all the different emotions that come up with Nuggets fans when it comes to Melo, at the very least, he did get traded in the middle of the year, which mm-hmm. let us get stuff back, right? Because everybody was saying how oh, the Knicks are stupid, like, why not just wait till free agency to sign him? Well, Melo didn't want that because he wanted that extra cash. You know, if you re-sign right. the team, you get more money. So he was doing it for selfish reasons, but it ended up working out because who did we end up getting in that deal? Everybody. Swap rights to Jamal Murray. Yep. It was a whole, I mean, in terms of, like, it's kind of like when you
0: break up with somebody and then you're happily in a new relationship, and, you know, you're not even that mad. You know, you're like, oh, I hope they do well because we got, um, did we
1: get Mozgov and Kufis? I think and we didn't get Kufis We got Mozgov, Gallo, yeah, Gallo go. Raymond Felton, and Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler, that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that was huge. I think among and the swap for Murray. Yeah, yeah, and I think two or th- two or three other first round picks in either swaps Maybe. or yeah. I think one of them might have been the Moody eight pick.
1: But, uh, no, that was our own pick. But Masai did a good job. Masai did a really good yeah. job of that trade. Masai well, did a good yeah, job. That's what I'll say. Because the funny thing is, the, the Knicks weren't bidding against anybody, and we still got all that stuff.
0: No, don't you want to come to the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> well, weren't we no, supposed we're,
2: to get the uh, that Nets package that they got for Deron Williams, too? Yeah. That they were, they were trying to offer for Deron Williams?
1: Yeah, we Cause. wanted to get Derek Favors, but then Melo didn't want to go to the nets. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: That's mm-hmm.
1: true. They didn't have respect uh, back then.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it all worked out. hmm So cool. Um, so how did you, I guess, when did you kind of come back into the fold? It's more as far as like, was it when Jokic was drafted? Was it a little bit after that? Was there like a point of, uh, markation for you?
2: Um, well, like I said, I always kind of watched them and kept up with them. You know, I was because I'm always a fan of them.
0: You were there, so yeah, I was there.
2: Just yeah, just not watching every game and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, when when Jokic came, uh, well, Moutier originally I thought was going to be very good. Such a high draft pick, Dang. you think he's going to be good, you know?
0: Promise athleticism. Yeah, exactly. Sides. They told us to make it Russell Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: It's right. like, oh man, we got this big explosive guard, man. He can handle and pass. He's so creative He's create, yeah, creative. And it was exciting. <laughs> um, and then um, then Jamal Murray and you know, Gary Harris and stuff like that. We just started building a team through all these picks and stuff that a lot of guys that I liked. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna start you know, getting a little closer, a little closer. I really wasn't even on the Jokic train until um, a few games I seen of him where he was just making these crazy passes and stuff. And I was like, it's amazing that a center can do this stuff, but I don't Mm -hmm. think you can build around a center like this. You know, I wasn't a full believer. I didn't think, because I had never seen it before, I didn't think there was a way you could build around a center who was like going to facilitate and stuff like that. And he was real slow footed and stuff like that. He wasn't a rim protector or anything, you know, build uh, and he didn't have the ways A big the man. Physical blocks, you transformation know? That exactly. He's had. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I liked him, but I, I didn't think he was like a franchise player. I thought he was like a nice piece we, maybe we were gonna have on the bench or you know, maybe starting for us, but
0: I'm behind Nurkic, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh ended up proving me completely wrong. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I feel like early Jokic was some of the most fun Jokic. Maybe we can start to see that this year, but I feel like it was that because people didn't really respect or know him, they weren't kind of prepared or looking for some of the passes that he's able to throw. And so mm-hmm. he had a lot more leeway for like the crazy behind the backs, over the heads, long balls, you know, throwing things, you know, right yeah. by people that um, I don't want to say he doesn't have now,
1: but. You know, everyone's looking for it.
2: Yeah, you know, it's but. a lot harder to get off when you're getting double teamed by two seven-footers and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it's so crazy to see, like, how we got here because if you think about it, there really is no blueprint for how to build an NBA contender, right? It's like there's multiple different ways you can do it, but nothing is guaranteed to work. Um, You know, after, you know, the Brian Shaw era, it's like we're kind of rebuilding the Moutier picks a disaster – The next year we get Jamal Murray, but if you guys remember, we got pretty lucky that year because we had the seventh pick and Jamal Murray was probably like the third or fourth best player in that draft. But the Pelicans who had Anthony Davis wanted to win now. So they drafted the collegiate player of the year, Buddy Heald ahead of Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald's a good player, but he's not as good as Jamal Murray. So, you know, we got lucky there, you know, you rewind, we got lucky with the Jokic pick. I mean, he's a second rounder, like, How many second rounders turn into MVPs? Pretty sure it's the first one. So the Nuggets have made a lot of good decisions, but I I still think there's so much luck involved when it comes to even pro sports. You know, people doing this for a living. It's like it can turn on a dime. You know, you can be one pick away. I mean, obviously we all know 2017, you know, the Mitchell draft was a disaster for us. Then think we could get OG and he's taken a pick before, so – it, it's Tyler Lydon, baby. There's a there's a fine line between getting <laughs> it right and uh shout getting out it Tyler
2: Lydon stands.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
2: I I mean you can you can have all the high draft picks, but you know, uh you can't measure someone's uh mental and their heart, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that was like what a big point of emphasis was for them is that they were willing to take a risk on a player who's like maybe he's not as physically talented. You know, doesn't have the quickness of, of some of the other players in that, in that, in that top 10 of that draft. But yeah, the mental, the, the emotional, the, the integrity, the sort of resiliency that I think he's been able to show has proved to go a
1: long way as far as his value. And yeah. that's one thing I really respect about Tim Conley is like he's, you know, OK, he's been kind of conservative when it comes to the trade market. But when it comes mm-hmm. to the draft, he's done a pretty good job, and he's not afraid to to make unconventional kicks. He right? swings for the fences. Like, he's and, not here to make some if rounds. You, round if doubles. you just look at Jokic's profile, you're kind of like, well, this guy is not going to – what is this guy going to do in the NBA? Like, maybe he's a backup career big at best. Mm-hmm. And he completely blew past that because – it turns out all he had to do was get in shape so yeah (laughs) yeah usually that's a huge red flag when you're like 18 19 and you're not in shape so it's like it like shows that you're not taking it seriously but you know as we know everybody matures at a different a different pace so you know obviously Jokic hasn't proven that he can be a championship player yet but I think we're pretty confident that he's going to get more cracks at it so you know, I think you have to give credit to Conley for not being like a lot of GMs where they kind of just look at everything as like, this is the archetype of player you have to be. This is what is successful and follow the formula. Conley mm-hmm. was more like, let's try a different way. And I think for for
0: Nicola, you got to you gotta factor in the access to Bjork. I mean, <laughs> it's it's if, if, fair. If, if, J- <laughs> if Jalen Brown had access to that level of Bjork from a, from a young age, I don't know if he would be in the same place
1: yeah never know
0: what if Zion
2: was a <laughs> I mean, reason yeah. Lucas still struggles stuff like that Zion oh man yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. he wouldn't. I don't know if he'd
0: still be in the league
1: Ooh, maybe, maybe he'd be uh, in the NFL he, yeah. he
0: might he's a big dude like if you put him at like defensive end or something I mean that's that's a scary sight yeah but if it doesn't work out for him in the NBA you know the Broncos should probably give him, give him a ring See what's up. Yeah. feeding some bird. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said, so Zamora, you said you weren't uh, super on the yoga train immediately. Um, when were you on the, well, I assume you are. If you're not, that's okay. You know, we um, welcome yeah. all opinions here. When did, did you get on the Jamal Murray train? Like, when was the point for you that uh, he kind of won you over? Um. Well, I guess it's all a process. Uh, just, right.
2: I still have questions with how, with this whole consistency thing. Um. I mean, I'm still a big fan of him, you know. I'm, you can you be know. honest. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's the only issue really is it's just his inconsistencies. Um. You know, but I am a big fan of Jamal. I've been... I've kind of felt the same way about him since we've gotten him is like this guy is a scoring machine. He is a bucket. Uh, He's just got to put it together nightly. You know, I don't I'm not here for, you know, eight points one night and 50 points another night. If you could just give us a solid 22, 23 a game, that's going to help Jokic and the rest of the team a lot, you know.
0: Yeah. And I've thought this a lot about uh, him and his bid. Like, he wants to be an all star, and he definitely is the talent, has the talent level to do all the things he needs to do to be that. But I also think it's cool if you can do it in the playoffs, and that's super important. And for most players, that's the thing that comes last. But I think for him, it's the regular season almost that, like, he needs to be better and and to start off years and to. I'd like to see him, like, shoot more threes. Not to say that he has to, like, chuck, but I think there are a lot of situations where he will get a screen or a dribble handoff and defenders will go under the screen. And, you know, he's open if he wants to shoot it. But knowing, and I love this about him, he has this desire to, he's aggressive. He doesn't want to settle. And so he'll drive into the lane and sort of, end up with like a double reverse pivot uh mid-range shot which is great for yeah. him and we know he can hit those and it's awesome. But you know the three it's just not this is math, you know, the threes are more efficient. They're going to get him to the line. I think more often if he has gravity out there and I think mm-hmm. between those two things it's going to open up other parts of his game and kind of I think open up his
1: path to being an all-star. I mean, I love watching him though because I just think out of you know, I've been watching basketball for so long, Ray, and I don't know if I've ever seen a player quite like him. I mean, he's just so unconventional to me. because He's a big in, like, a guard's body. He's yeah, herky-jerky. And I think, you know, when Zamora talked about the consistency, that was definitely a frustration for me as well because I feel like Jamal passes up a lot of good shots and then ends up taking tougher shots. Right. But what makes him so good is – He's got to be one of the best tough shot makers in the whole league. So, mm-hmm. on the one hand, you're frustrated that he turns an open three into a pump fake dribble drive, jab step, turnaround, bank shot. But then he just looks at, you know, with the stare like, yeah, what? I just pulled like mm-hmm. five moves on you and scored like you can't do anything. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's like, It's almost like he's got too many tools in the toolbox and he wants to show everybody that he's got all these tools when it's like you know if you just use the hammer over and over again and it's working that's all you need
2: (laughs) yeah that's a that's a great analogy man it's like uh it's it's the same way uh where how john Morant can open up his game is if he can learn how to just consistently hit three-pointers then it's going to make people so scared to defend that three that it's going to open up so much more for him. So if Jamal can just keep consistently threatening them with that three pointer, then, you know, the whole floor opens up and then he can use that whole toolbox, you know, because then he can go deeper in his bag later in the game. When, when we need it more, you know, ISO scoring and the two man game, if it's a close game and you got the ball in Jamal Murray's hands and he hasn't even pulled out half his bag yet, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we saw in the bubble, basically, is that yeah. like he saw this, you know, thing in uh, opposing guards and opposing players that he needs to match in terms of guys going for 40, 50 points. So he's like, OK, then I'll yeah. do what I have to do. It's just apply a little bit. You don't have to do 100 percent that, you know, I understand it's a lot of work, but give me like 50 percent of that, that level of
1: aggression that you had that if you could keep that up, that would be nice. Sometimes I wonder if it's if like a part of his mindset is like playing possum in a way because mm-hmm. I just remember watching him in college and he was a relentless relentless attacker. I mean, I think he averaged over twenty points a game as a freshman in the SEC, which is pretty crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, once you get to NBA, the players are bigger and faster, so he couldn't just go by everybody right away. But he has this thing where it's like you don't feel like he's having a good game, but then in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, he turns it on and starts going on these scoring sprees. And you're like, oh, he could probably do this earlier if you wanted to, but he's more trying to get everybody else involved and like make the defense forget about him. So I think, you know, as time has gone on, as he's gotten better incrementally, I think we really have to give him credit for his basketball IQ in that he's not just one of these guys that's coming out and trying to kill you from the first quarter the way, you know, like John Morant might be, you know, one, they're different players, but two, I think, I think Murray is pretty calculated in like picking his spots.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think it shows really well too, the the maturity in uh, Jokic's and Jamal Murray's like game growing together, you know, where Jamal, knows how to work with Jokic and Jokic knows how to set up Jamal. So, you know, in the way that Embiid and Ben Simmons when they were together, how Embiid started learning how to uh shoot threes and stuff to to make up for the lack of Ben Simmons shooting. It's you know the same way with Jamal and Jokic working together for so long.
1: Yeah they've got a beautiful chemistry. I miss it. All right. I was gonna ask um
0: Do you think that this time away, having been able to like look at the team and and kind of identify what they actually need, at least from his perspective, do you think that changes how he how Jamal uh, approaches basically, you know, his role on the team? Do you think he's gonna be more aggressive? Do you think he's gonna be more focused on being like the facilitator than I think, you know, certain people in the community are saying, like, oh yeah, we need a, a real point guard, quote unquote. Uh, I I honestly would rather him be more aggressive.
2: You know, I think we just, I think we needed a good scoring option with Jokic and, you know, to me personally, like if Jamal Murray went out and only had, you know, three, four, five assists a game, like he usually does. I'm perfectly Mm -hmm. fine with that. It's more about his consistent scoring, uh, every game. If he can go in and give us 20 game 20 in a night, you know, and, take some of that load off of Jokic. I think that's a big deal. I think that helps Jokic a lot and, you know, and with the ball handling stuff so that you know, Jokic doesn't have to do everything offensively and then he can reserve some energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Ray, I think if you look at the NBA today and specifically the Western Conference, you basically have to have at least one dynamic scoring guard just to keep up. You know, the Warriors have Curry and Thompson. Yeah, it's an on-during the best backcourts of all time you have the sons with paul and booker like they're gonna drop 40 a night and then you know the clippers their team isn't as much backcourt but they still have jackson and wall now so i mean they the nuggets need jamal back because i mean i think we saw the last couple of playoff series when you have austin rivers and facundo Capazo, like there's only so far you can go you can still beat the blazers but you know mm-hmm. if you if you're trying <laughs> to go for the gold uh, it's limited ceiling. Yeah, I'm pretty interested. Yeah,
2: uh, look, look what Cleveland did, you know, when going and getting Donovan Mitchell, you know, because they needed that scoring punch. They needed somebody who could complement Darius and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. They needed a good scoring guard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely interested to see what, like, how about Bones-Murray dynamic can definitely work in that way. Because I do I do feel like it fits it fits the mold, I guess, of what we've seen in a lot of other teams. And at the same time, they'll still have a lot of length on the floor. I mean, I think those are both just as guards. Jamal and Bones are, are on the larger side. And Bones is more long than large, but you know what I mean. right? Uh-huh. He's not posting up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it kind of, I hope, I think kind of similar to your point some more, that Jokic can be kind of the... I hate Tom Brady. I'm not, so I'm not gonna. I'm trying to find a different comparison. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Peyton Manning and then like all the weapons around him can kind of just be the mechanism through which he destroys teams. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd love to see like a triple double Jokic. That I'm surprised you didn't go to Lamar one. Jackson there. Um, You know, <laughs> there's certain differences in the play style of Lamar Jackson and Nicole Jokic,
1: but. <laughs> I mean, Jokic said he's, you know, runs faster and jumps higher than LeBron, right? So both MVPs. Yeah, both MVPs. supreme athletes.
0: Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So I figure uh, let, let's take a quick break. And then on the other side, we'll come back and talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon and, and what we kind of look forward to from him this year and, and what we feel about his time here in Denver so far. And we are back uh peter and zamor here so we are gonna talk a little bit about ag uh in our our second half of the show but i wanna i wanna drop a hot take on my own this is just uh a a, a kind of precursor to how the bench might shake out and i i do firmly believe this if you want to add me i'm at rayvon Hackshaw. it's fine send all your twitter hate I, I, I will buy all the stock and I will hold it with diamond hands. I think Vlaco is like a Joe Ingles level role player.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel no, I feel no shame. Um, you can put your
1: face in your hands. You can, you can, you can sigh deeply. <laughs> it's fine.
2: Let me think on
1: that. I respect the optimism. I just don't understand the take, but we don't need to elaborate. Oh, uh, he just, he just let, let my man play. That's let's, just, let's just wait for some sample size.
0: Nah, no, nah, I'm already here. All right. <laughs> I mean, you can like wait it. for samples. You guys can wait for sample sizes. I, I, I've had enough. I see what I see. Uh, and yeah, anyway. So Aaron Gordon, it's been a, a year and a half. Uh, Zamora, I'll start with you. How... Um, what was your, like, what did you think of Aaron Gordon before the trade? Like, going into it, you, what was your perspective on him from his time in Orlando?
2: I thought he was a great dunker. No.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, he did do uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't debate
2: um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I, I saw him a few times in uh, for Orlando just because, like, seeing the dunk hotness and stuff like that and how high of a pick he was. I was always kind of enamored with him. I always thought, you know, this guy has superstar potential. Why is he not doing it? You know, so I would watch every now and then in Orlando. And he's, he's, he's brought pretty much what I expected. Um, I think Jokic has helped him become a better player. Um, And I think he's going to keep getting better because of Jokic, like just their chemistry and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm not too surprised with, with what he's brought. Um, I think he's a good defender. He's athletic. He's very strong. Um, he's a decent rebounder. I wish he was a better like shot blocker and like playmaker on defense, but like know, a
0: secondary room protection kind of deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, just somebody who I always thought he complimented Jokic very well. So when you were saying like you were on the bringing Gordon to Denver train, like I was on that train as well, like going back in the day, but, um, yeah. I really thought he would be a great Phoenix. next year. I never thought we would be able to get it because I thought Orlando loved him so much, with, you know, that 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 was a franchise guy. I never thought we would be able mm-hmm. to get him. But I was like, yeah. yeah, if we got Aaron Gordon, like that'd be great.
0: To be fair, I'll have to go back and find receipts for this, but I had a list of like three people I think going into that, um, that season. It was Aaron Gordon. It was, um, I wanted DeMar DeRozan. I'm a big fan of his. And I think, you know, he's pretty good at basketball. I know he can't shoot threes. Yeah. Everyone said that, but like the Spurs sold him for very cheaply. Um, yeah. And then Zach Levine, I thought he might've gotten traded at the time, but similarly yeah, Chicago
2: is in a little rut. There. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's okay. Shout out to Chicago. Hopefully they find some happiness. I feel like it's been a while for them. Um, as far as Aaron goes, goes um, I mean, I definitely, I wanted him, but even I didn't expect what we saw out of him to this point as far as his perimeter skills with the ball. And um, maybe it is is learning from Jokic where it's like he's been in a certain role for almost his entire career, maybe his entire life. And maybe now with Denver in particular, he's getting an opportunity to do things that he wasn't able to, um, especially without necessarily being like the number one guy, which I think uh, it seems to be, seems to have helped him. I mean, Peter, I mean, I assume you're also, you know, pretty positive about what we've seen from Aaron.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's been a resounding victory of a trade for us, you know, Got the best player in the deal, but also a guy that really helps us in multiple areas on the floor, offensively and defensively. And you know, I think it's important to remember that when we talk about players individually, the very first thing obviously you talk about is talent and skill set. But almost just as important is is a guy gonna be willing to buy in and accept his role? And I still think there's a small portion of Nuggets fans that would have Taking the other door, if possible, is which is we just keep Jeremy Grant and don't bring in Gordon because Grant's a better three point shooter. But you know, I do have to give Grant credit. He did buy into his role while he was here, but he clearly didn't want to Mm -hmm. be here any longer. And so, with Gordon, it was kind of a backwards situation where he wasn't on a good team. He got to have the ball, he got to have a chance at being the man. And once he got traded to Denver, he realized wow, yeah, there's there's a couple of stars here in Murray and Jokic, but they're both really cool and they're they're just all about winning. They're not like these huge ego guys that are just going to be like, you know, stay in the corner, get out of my way. And so it's been really cool to see him work together with the whole team. And I think Malone's done a good job also of putting him in a position to try to play to his strengths, right? Like if I would grade the Aaron Gordon experience so far, I'd have to give it an A you know, not quite an a plus a plus would probably be if he was hitting like 38% of his threes, and then also being an elite backline defender. But he's done such a good job of playing the dunker spot, you know, finishing with authority and, uh, you know, being a good man to man defender. But, uh, you know, I think what, what's interesting about Gordon is, you know, it's it's been a while since I've made a football analogy on this podcast. So I think Aaron Gordon's skill set is like we brought him in with the idea being he can guard Kawhi, he can guard LeBron, right? And that's definitely mm-hmm. important. But what happened that first year he was here, we get messed up with the Suns. He's got to guard Booker and Paul. You know, that's a lot tougher, smaller, quicker guys. It'd be like if you had a shutdown corner who's really fast but really small, but, you know, the other team just got to run the ball. So it's like it's kind of useless. So I think Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon... Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not the main guy on a team, when you're you're a role player, even a good role player like him, there's going to be some series where you stand out and you're more important, and there's going to be other series where you're you're not going to be as crucial and you're just going to have to kind of play your role and, you know, limit mistakes more than you're going to be able to step up and make a big impact. So I'm really looking forward to the return of Michael Porter because I think, again, when we always look at players individually, it's like, That's important, but Michael Porter makes Aaron Gordon's life so much easier, right? Because the best forward has to guard MPJ, and now Gordon usually has a smaller guy. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of stats out there about how ridiculous the offensive rating was when when Murray, Gordon, Jokic, and Porter all share the floor. So I'm looking forward to get back to that. That's right. I think that's a great point.
0: Um, So, I mean, definitely in terms of what we're about to get back to, um, Zamora, I'll throw it to you. What are some things that, you know, going into the season for him, what, what do you think he can do to, I don't want to say become a better player because he's always as great as he is, but how can he further optimize himself in the Nuggets system?
2: Um, I think shooting is going to be a big thing, but I'm not too big on it myself. Like I'm not, I'm not ever going to expect AG to be hitting 40% from three. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, I think it's a big thing of what Peter was just talking about, is like the whole MPJ dynamic with him is going to make his life so much easier to where he's not going to be having to expend so much energy offensively to try to help Jokic out. Now he can rely on guys like Jamal and MPJ to go out there and get their buckets, and he just has to play his role. He just has to guard – you know, the big wings and the and the forwards and stuff that are out there that are going to give us trouble and just be that guy next to Jokic that we got him for, you know? Like, the reason we got him was to play this specific role, and he hasn't been able yeah. to play it yet. So it's going to be cool to see it. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited to see. Like, his fit next to MPJ is just, like, so seamless. Like, he might even fit next to MPJ better than he fits next to Jokic. He's just – their, that pairing is really good.
1: Yeah. Ray, And I think also, you know, one area where I don't think that's talked a lot about with Gordon that we have to give him credit is that he's a really good finisher. You know, we, we like to give Jokic so much credit for being a great passer and he is, but not every single Aaron Gordon basket is just Jokic got doubled sees Gordon wipe from the basket pass to him catching dunk. Like there's a lot of times where he's Mm -hmm. catching it sort of within the five feet of the basket range and is either like cutting, you know, at a weird angle. And he has like a really nice reverse dunk or he has to still kind of make a move to get around somebody. And then he gets fouled or he finishes, you know, that was one thing that was really necessary to add to the team last year was, was adding a guy that can get to the free throw line. So just his overall aggression, and, uh, you know, just making positive plays for the offense is just another valuable weapon for Jokic to use. And one that the defense isn't really, like, that's not really like plan A or plan B that they're they're trying to stop. It just kind of happens naturally. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, had... I
2: do want to add, too. I think the whole series with Draymond and how he came out of that series and how he told the media that he needs to work on his IQ, like, that is a huge thing. I'm so happy that he said that because – if he can go in and into the season and know specifically what his role is, what he brings to the table and step that, you know, mental part of the game up. Like, I think that's another, you know, along with the MPJ thing and along, if he does, you know, shoot a little bit better, which I think he will because he will get more open shots. I mean, I, it's going to be a big year for him, man. And this is going to be kind of a career year for AG.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think like raw accounting stats, I don't know if that's going to be true, but I, I think he's going to be like way more efficient. Yeah. Efficient yeah and, like exactly. less will be asked of him, I think, on both. And so that he can really focus and specialize on what he needs to be focused on. Like with the defense, I think having KCP, having Bruce Brown, having Christian Brown, having Dayron Reed, all healthy, all in the mix as sort of guard defenders I think that also helps him a lot because he's not going to be asked to do what I think was a little bit unreasonable for a guy his size in sort of covering the like Trey Young's of the world Mm -hmm. where they're kind of just running him off screens. And, you know, he's a great defender. It's just a little bit unreasonable, I think, to expect him to be the one who's going to solo hold um, some of the more elite guards under. You know under their ex- expectations um we're like the big forwards of the world you know the lebrons the Kawis. i think those are great matchups for him so if he can more focus more on that focus more on being that like backside help guy and just i mean i'm sure his true shooting percentage is gonna go up like he's gonna get so many more dunks he's gonna get so many more just like wide open looks um so I'm, yeah
1: pretty i'm pretty optimistic about both of those things and Ray, I, I think I've made this point before, but I'll make it again because I think it's still valid. You know, not all two points are created equally. So I think there's going to be plenty of times where it's like, so, it's like LeBron, two points are just two points. I'll tell you later. Jokic <laughs> and Murray are cooking on the two man game. And then it's like a 6 0 run. And then before you know it, the team forgets about Aaron Gordon backdoor and he gets a thunderous dunk to get the crowd going. Now the other team calls timeout. You know, it only goes down as two points in the box score, but he can be a lot—a guy that bookends a lot of those runs where maybe certain players in the past might not have been able to finish those those dishes from Jokic.
2: Yeah, leave them shambles. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. if you have Jamal Murray, if you have Bones Island and Michael Porter
0: Jr. and Jokic on the court, how do you not give up open dunks to Aaron Gordon? Right. It's it's almost I don't want to say impossible, but. Of those, you know, all those other, uh, all those five players, there's, I don't think there's any one answer there. Every so, team
2: only has so many good defenders, you know? And if you're already right. worrying about, you know, the two time MVP, a 6'10 guy who shoots 40% from three, and a guard who can go out and drop 50 points on you at any given game, like, AG's gonna eat. He's gonna get his.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing I'm really curious about this year is, how Malone, if he is going back to the drawing board offensively, how they can craft an offense and not just like a scheme, but also just like tendencies in and of themselves to where they can utilize all five of those players, all five players on the court at the same time and have them be involved. I mean, I think obviously like the isolations for Jokic and in the two main game, I think those are important, but I also think the best version of this team is one where, you know, if they can combine the equal opportunity aspects of Nuggets teams in the past with the pure talent that they have now, I mean, I don't think there's anyone really. They might be the best offense in the league. I mean, I, I do genuinely believe that.
2: Yeah. I think they just need to get some more of uh, you know, how Adam always says, they need to get the ball popping. They haven't yeah. really done that in the past couple of years. Uh, if they can get back to that, man, sky's the limit.
0: Develop that trust, develop that, like mm-hmm. knowing where everyone's going to be and how you like to be interacted with. You know, yeah. if Aaron Gordon is setting a screen, what direction does Bones or Jamal like it in? Or does Mike like it in? Or how yeah. can they, and how can they kind of present
1: counters and double counters to those things? I think, I don't know, think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think when the trade happened last year, you know, there was a couple of weeks where Jamal and AG got to play together and you could tell that Jamal was making a really concerted effort to, to get AG the ball and like, you know, mm-hmm. make him feel a part of the team and like a yeah, big part of the sure. team. So that's another part I'm really looking forward to. You know, we already mentioned the great fit with Michael Porter, but I think Jamal also knows that like all the other guys on the court are important, you know, whether they're an MVP or, you know, KCP in the corner. So I'm just looking forward to the synergy of all five guys working together because they're all, they all can go off. They can all score. They can all pass. You know, it's, it's going to be a really hard team to guard. Very hard. Yeah. I mean, how do we,
0: um, how do we feel about AG's hair game this year? <laughs> hey, whatever. I love the him. fro,
2: man. If he, if he wears the fro, you yeah. know, I think we're gonna win. That's game.
0: I think I kind of I like the I like I enjoyed I think it the most when they kind of did it together, when all the players on the team who 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 can have you know have <laughs> Rock the Afro do. Yeah.
1: Um. I thought, I was like, oh, that's like a nice little uh, team decision there. Yeah. And one last thing before we get out of here, I do think we have to mention that AG traveled all the way to to Prague to go watch Jokic in Eurobasket. So. That's pretty cool that, you know, he cares about him that much.
0: It's a good teammate. Yeah, I think it's great for the vibes, you know, as much as I feel like losing for the Serbian national team, losing was like a vibes downer in in some ways. Uh, I think AG's making that extra effort to to bond with, I mean, I'm hoping he does that as well with, with his other teammates, but, so you know, just kind of bond with your guys. I think that that goes a long way to developing that team chemistry that's going to show up on the court, you know, and I think that's that's the most important thing.
1: For sure. Bray. I have kind of a, an interesting side note here about that. I'm not full out saying this is conspiracy theory, but have you ever seen a situation where a guy knows he's not the best player on the team, but he might want to get – Do his best to get on that player's good side so that he passes him the ball more. I mean, we know Jokic is a pretty (laughs) unselfish guy anyway. But I'm just wondering if, like, if there's anything to like Aaron maybe wanting to be a bigger part of the team, and if he's like closer with Jokic, then hey, if MPJ is wide open and I'm wide open and it's even choice, maybe he'll throw the. It's kind of like the the reverse Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that that matters a lot. I mean, there's – as much as we like to think that the game is just the game, I mean, the I think the off-court stuff can translate to on-court benefits, you know, in, in the same way. If you like a guy, if you trust a guy, I think it, it's it might not even be mental. It's just kind of emotional, and, and that's probably yeah. going to pay off for him. Because I, I, I also think he's just not going to have the same level of attention. Or if he does – then Mike's not and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I think they can do a great job of just kind of picking their spots and picking their matchups and picking their battles with, okay. um, AG's taking, you know, maybe the second best forward they've got. Well, maybe now he's got a lot of like a mismatch in the post, or or maybe it's the opposite, you know, maybe they switch plans and they put the bigger guy on Aaron. Well, you know, Mike's still 6'10" he's still a pretty big guy. You you can do a lot of different things. Um, And they're both going to be big targets for Jokic. So Uh, I'm definitely super excited. If, uh, I mean, we also have, I also think he's just like a a cool, fun guy who just doesn't take, I mean, I think he takes it seriously, but he doesn't take life too seriously. Right. As evidenced by his, 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 his bathtub singing a few months ago. (laughs) <laughs> great vibes for denver great vibes for denver yeah he also just seems like the like mild west coastness yeah uh of of someone who i know is he is he from california yeah i think he's from san jose i had no idea i just guessed that but he just has that energy he just seems you know right. like a life's good kind of a thing sure. uh so we can definitely wrap here um this has been four corners you can find me uh on the internets at rayvon hackshaw on twitter you can find peter at bucket since 88 uh he's now he's now west peg pete so right okay. uh also you can find some more at uh zamore underscore nba you can uh he's also you know on in the youtube reddit communities uh he's a he's a pretty uh he's a great follow he he's uh Pretty interesting guy so definitely check him out and um we will be back next week i appreciate you listening and uh if feel free to give us any feedback you know comments suggestions anything that might tickle your fancy so uh thanks for suffering also from my voice and we will see you next week